the first ever AI-powered matchmaker. So it solves a bunch of the problems that's presented by Tinder, Hinge, and all the dating apps. I like to think of it as a company that we put our users in the position for them to succeed. I mean, it's dating. Top leaders. Meaningful conversation. Actionable advice. Bulldoze complacency. Ignite inspiration. Create impact. Produced by Southwestern family of companies. This is the Action Catalyst. Are you interested in advertising with the Action Catalyst? Our listeners could be hearing about your brand right here, right now. For details, shoot us an email at info at theactioncatalyst.com. We are joined today by Eric McHugh, a digital entrepreneur with time spent at Snapchat, CartRev, and others. Eric is now the president of ShopX, a Web3-powered e-commerce platform, as well as the co-founder and chief sales officer of Dataing, AI-powered matchmaking. Eric, looking at your profile, I see roles like chief growth officer, corporate restructuring consultant. It seems like you excel at shaking up the status quo and things need to change. That's when you get to call. Yeah, pretty much. Um, honestly, I just kind of follow my intellectual curiosity. Wherever it leads me, it leads me. If that leads to disruption, then so, disruption for positive reasons, then so be it. And before we really dive in, I've got to ask, you were a dark matter researcher at Carnegie Mellon University for a while. No big deal, right? Oh, dude, that, that was super cool. And there's one of those things where the universe just presents itself. So I'm, I'm very fortunate. I have a very smart family. Both my brother and my dad went to Carnegie Mellon. Like after I was in college, my brother was still there with the senior research team researching the dark matter thing. So they needed someone on the business side just to like write up the reports, do research. So I got to go there, hang out with the team, write the research reports, like make it presentable and all that jazz. But the funnest thing was we got, so they would use a supercomputer called Illustrious to kind of map out stars, like map out where everything is to find the dark matter, which is honestly nothing. No one really knows what it is still. But we got to like mess around with like this some supercomputer late and I was like, just map you out far away galaxies. It's like, what do you think? And again, this is all guesswork because it's all based on equations, but it was just fun. It was a fun thing just playing around with that, just like networking and talking with all these really cool science people who happen to have a lot of overlap with crypto. So we, we, we bonded all that. But yeah, it was an amazing experience. Man, we were really hoping you'd gotten to the bottom of that dark matter business. There is no bottom. So your area of focus is with Web3-powered businesses. Briefly explain for those of us less technologically inclined what Web3 is. I would say the key difference is ownership. And if we go back to Web1 versus Web2, Web3, Web all those are just convenient-sounding names for the progression of the internet. I mean, it makes logical sense for Web1 to go to Web2 to Web3. And so what Web1 is, is I would think of read-only. So in Web1, we could read content, and that's all we could do. Web 2, read and write. So let's frame it as like social media, like Instagram, YouTube, even this podcast, wherever you posted. I can post something that's me writing content. You as a listener can read that content. The only issue is neither of us own the content. So if I do that post on Instagram, Instagram owns the content. They sell my data. They make money from nefarious purposes, or they can retroactively cancel you and take away your content. And Web 3, I would say is read, write, and own. So I can write content. You can read the content. The only difference and the key thing is that we can own the content and that's in the form of an NFT. So let's say hypothetically I create an NFT. I now own this NFT. Then you purchase NFT or I gift it to you. However, um, however we decide to do that deal. Now there's a connection between me and you and no one else is involved. So you're in complete control. And I like to joke about web four and web five. So I would say web four is NFTs, AI, all and the metaverse all incorporated into one web. And then as a joke, it's like web five is I think we just kind of all go back outdoors. Where it's like enough of this. And web three, 
I mean, with ownership comes responsibility. Like, for example, if I own the content, I'm responsible for the content. And so that's where the biggest gap is. And that's what we're dealing right now. There are two main reasons Web3 hasn't fully taken off. The first is incentives, meaning like, why would anyone interact with Web3? Why would anyone interact with cryptocurrency? There hasn't been too many incentives. ShopX is trying to fix that by adding e-commerce incentives for the NFT project. But the bigger, I guess, barrier would be the user interface, meaning like, I, I would personally would never send my mom or my grandma to do a Web3 product because it's like, where's my money? Oh, I don't know. How do I find it? Who do I ask? Oh, there's no customer support because it's a blockchain. Okay, it looks like you have to go on Reddit and find a very specific solution that some guy came up like five years ago. It'll get fixed once the larger brands come in. And once they come in, they have the capital and the resources and now the incentive to make the system usable for the customers. So what sets ShopX apart in the Web3 space? Yeah, so in terms of what sets us apart from other e-commerce platform from the brand side, we're one of the full service solutions for like brands and NFT projects. But the bigger thing is we're the simplest and easiest to use for their customers. A customer wanting to purchase an NFT, they can do it with a credit card. So what ShopX is, is I want you to think of the Google or Apple Web3. Long term, we're going to be a suite of solutions for a brand to download a simple app and then interact within the Web3 space, getting different benefits depending on their business need or the product. Right now, we have two products live. The first is ReserveX. So that's an NFT powered loyalty program. If you're a Shopify store and you want to enter that Web3 space, all you have to do is download the ShopX app, get their proper amount of tokenized software licenses. You can launch a NFT collection with less than five minutes by filling out two simple forms. And then from there, you can add e-commerce benefits to those, to that collection for your customers. Our second product, which is SquadX, the first ever blockchain based ambassador program. So just like Twitter pays its creators in revenue from their, from their ad revenue, we pay our community from for helping our ecosystem grow from our ReserveX revenue. The logic behind that is it's a better to give than receive. And so every time a brand makes a sale, our community makes money. They obviously they make Ethereum, they're happy about it, they're posting about it, they're like bombarding brands like Twitter pages, creating authentic organic content, thus attracting more and more brands, thus getting them more and more money, thus attracting more and more brands. I think it's an important concept because I believe in powerful relationships, not forced relationships. So in a forced relationship, one party wins, one party loses, and it's unsustainable. Because like if we're in a forced relationship, eventually like the person will be like, nah, dude, I'm out. But in a powerful relationship, which is what this podcast is, like we're both winning, we're both going to do it. We're, um, even our list, the listeners and everyone involved is winning. A powerful relationship is like a mutual beneficial relationship. So with our ShopX ecosystem, we designed that in mind. So we're just like, okay, who's part of this deal? ShopX is part of it. All right, we win because we earn money. The brand's part of it. They win because they increase customer lifetime value. They lower customer acquisition costs. They earn revenue. Okay, the brand's customers part of this deal too. They have to win too. And they're winning because if they're getting e-commerce benefits. And if they weren't winning, they wouldn't obviously pay for it. So there's that part. But an important part of this is the ShopX ecosystem ourselves, like our license holders. How do we get them to win? Okay, every time we make money, they make money. So it's just great. Like, like there's no losers here. Let's talk about your other venture, Dada Aim, an AI-powered matchmaker with the goal of matching one billion happy couples. AI matchmaking. Is romance dead? Okay, this is kind of funny. So it's the first ever AI-powered matchmaker. So I would say most people would try to meet online right now, and I think that trend is generally going to increase. So it solves a bunch of the problems that's presented by Tinder, Hinge, and all the dating apps. The first issue with like dating apps right now is the top 5% of users get access to like 100% of the users on the app, creating a skewed marketplace. The second issue is, A, it's just all based on physicality. Let's be honest. Like on most dating apps, it's like hot or not, hot, swipe, not, swipe left. And the third issue, which most people don't know about, is incentive structure behind each dating app. 
I like to think of it as a company that we put our users in the position for them to succeed. I mean, it's dating. You have to meet the person in person. You have to be friendly. You, have to be, you can't just completely rely on AI. So as a dating user, you would sign up, link your social media accounts, and then it would auto-generate a profile for you based on your digital footprint. Then it shows you three matches per day. So you're not going to be bombarded with like messages. You're not going to like thousands or whatever. So it'll match you with people who have similar digital footprints. And our goal is for you to learn more about the person who you want to match with. So let's say I get Ashley, Kimberly, Jane as matches. Like, okay, Jane's interesting. Please tell me more about Jane. It's like, and then the AI will read your social media. It's like, oh, did you know that in your top three Spotify listens, you both listen to this one random artist? Oh, did you know this random artist has a concert coming up in the month halfway between both of you? Would you like me to suggest this date with Jane? The more you're on our app, the smarter our AI gets, the better matchmaking it gets, so the more likelihood you'll take it off. So what we want to do is be the app where everyone plans the date. So like, let's say hypothetically in the Jane example of the concert, we want, we're we going to do partnerships like Ticketmaster restaurants and places where people can just suggest the date, plan everything, and books on both their calendars. And at that point of time, we would take a commission based on dates. And virtual dates are also a part of this, right? So we want to be one of the first apps in the VR system just so we're ready to go. And so let's say hypothetically you match with a user. You have the option to either have a FaceTime call or if you want to be more comfortable, you can meet in virtual reality. But again, the goal is always to get them in on the data in real life. We don't want people just kind of wasting people's time just like chit-chatting aimlessly for hours. It's like, no. So the wait list is open to sign up for the app. Where should listeners go? D-A-T-A-I-N-G dot I-O. And then you could just sign up for the waitlist. We are manually selecting users at first. So if you listen to this podcast, just say you came for this podcast, shoot our Instagram a DM saying I came from the, the podcast, and then we'll probably bump you up faster than everyone else. Awesome. Well, Eric, any parting thoughts? Just be your authentic self. I'm the number one Eric in the world. So if you try to be me, you can't. You're the number one you in the world. Yes, you try to be you, you can't. And I think whatever the creator, God, the universe, whatever you want to call it. I think he, he blesses everyone with each individual with very specific gifts with the goal of them being a service to the community. So the best way to be a service to the community is just be yourself and just be positive. If you're a conscious creator, don't take anything away from anyone and don't harm anyone and use a gift. There you have it. You've all been listening to the number one Eric in the world. Also, dude, uh, thank you so much. I had a blast. Your podcast is extremely well run. Yeah. If you enjoy this podcast, please make sure to subscribe. And to stay updated on everything that the Action Catalyst is up to, make sure to follow us on Facebook and Instagram at Action Catalyst Podcast and on Twitter at Catalyst underscore Action. And thanks for listening.